Can we do an ad for um, like a eggnog subscription service? Yeah. Justthenog.com. Just the dog. <laughs> and it's it's nothing. It's just a field, right? And you just type your credit card number into the field. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, on the server side, it's very advanced. It figures out who you are, figures out your address, mm-hmm. and then Nog shows up. Mm-hmm. Get some credit card field. Justthenog.com. Hello, this is the Vergecast. We don't have any ads today. We don't really have a show rundown. It's it, it's sort of a loose holiday get together. Uh, Andrew's going to play a roaring fire sound effect for us. Just some old friends who started The Verge together a long time ago. Uh, I'm Neil I. Patel. Dieter Bone is in San Francisco. Hey, Dieter. Hello, I am here uh, in San Francisco. And Miller twins together in New York. Ross Miller, Paul Miller, no relation, but still twins. Hello, we, boys. We do look pretty twinish today. Do we? Not really at all, no. <laughs> Paul, I'd like Paul, to point out that, you. that Ross Miller is drinking, is that almond milk or just real milk? Unsweetened almond milk. Wow. Oof. We're out of I was out. hoping it was eggnog. Yeah, I was hoping it was eggnog, too. No, just without the nog. When was the last time you had a glass of milk? It's probably been a decade, I gotta I, say. I do it every time I... If, if things are going bad in my life, I go to the <laughs> convenience store and I get a sleeve of Oreos. You don't want to get a whole mm. package because you'll eat a whole package, but just oh, yeah. one yeah, sleeve and then like a, a thing of milk... And uh, then I dip the Oreos and sip the milk, but then you run out of Oreos, and then I typically have a glass of milk at the end of that process. This is this is why you get more than one sleeve because you really have to match the Oreo and milk Backup ratio. Sleeve. That's impossible. Yeah. It's impossible <laughs> to. I drink I drink uh, strawberry quick milk solely as a troll for uh, Fred of the Verge, ex hype desk uh, sitter Sam Sheffer, who for a period was obsessed with like high quality chocolate milk. So I would just drink, you know, Nestle strawberry garbage, uh, strawberry milk. I'll say this. I, I'm at home in Wisconsin, the dairy state. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. And as I was coming upstairs, I'm recording in my childhood bedroom in Wisconsin, by the way, which is incredible because it's cleared out of all things except for uh, my bookcase, which is mostly empty of books now. There's two cases of old Zip 100 discs. Yes. No zip drive. <laughs> uh, two copies of Lord Jim. By Joseph Conrad, which I'm just admitting what? now, I didn't. I never <laughs> read this book uh, in in AP English 12, uh, but I have two copies of it, so that's great. And uh, my parents have placed a fax machine in here uh, in case anyone <laughs> wants to send a fax, uh, which is very very confusing. Wait, wait Neil, I have a, a factual question. So, yeah, I was listening to a football game. It was the Packers versus the Seahawks when yeah. the Seahawks got destroyed by the Packers, and I was listening great to game. Them. To the Green Bay broadcast, yeah, on the radio, and I got there was like an ad for for like cheese curd McDonald's something. Oh, I gotta run to the local McDonald's. And run to the there's local a lot of weird McDonald's cheese and ads. Verify this for me. I listen to those broadcasts too, and there's a lot of ads for dairies. Anyway, my point is, as I was coming up the stairs, uh, I went downstairs to get a soda so I could like drink something during the show, and I asked my mom, "Hey, do you want something to drink?" And she said. No, I'm just going to make some chocolate milk. And it occurs to me that very few people say that to me since Sam uh, passed off this mortal plane. And uh, (laughs) RIP Sam. And two, she was going to prepare it. It's like a very Wisconsin thing. Anyway, this is a show about technology. Mm -hmm. It's the flagship podcast of TheVerge.com. Like I said, today's a loose episode. What's going on, boys? I'm just looking up Lord Jim on Wikipedia. Go ahead. Lord Jim... 
terrible book. Uh, I mean, I don't know. You haven't read it. Read it. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't read the book. You can't say if it's terrible. I'm sorry. Mrs. Breach, my 12th grade English teacher. You know what? I want to start with something. I'm all fired up about something. Do you guys see the video, the Zuckerberg video with his fake home assistant? The the Morgan Freeman Jarvis? Okay. So I'm going to tell those. Yeah. Every year, Mark Zuckerberg, CEO of Facebook, uh, jovial uh, figurehead of our surveillance state. Um, he does a project. So one year he taught himself Mandarin. Uh, this year he ran 365 miles in 365 days, but he also is like, I want to code every day, but I can't commit to the Facebook code base because I'm the CEO. You know, the rule of Facebook is if you break something, you have to drop everything you're doing and fix it. And I, I can't be, you know, I can't make that commitment. So I'm going to write my own smart home. I'm going to name it Jarvis. So he wrote an app for his phone. He built a bunch of smart home controls. He's calling it artificial intelligence. Uh, And he released a video, which is very bad and is a lie. Uh, And this video is like, (laughs) (laughs) it's, it's, it's the most, in a year in which Facebook, public trust in Facebook for a variety of reasons plummeted to the ground uh, for fake news, for lying about their internet plane, which crashed because they flew it too long and were utterly reckless. Great Casey Newton story about that for just any number of reasons. Mark Zuckerberg releases this video, which is him pretending that his AI assistant that he wrote himself is literally the most advanced artificial intelligence home product that has ever existed, voiced by Morgan Freeman, and in a cameo at the end, Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's so bad. Like, people have these, right? Like, I have an Echo. My parents have an Echo. I just connected their Echo to their Nest last night. Um, All of you have homes and Echoes in in your houses. You know what they can do. Zuckerberg's like, yeah, Morgan Freeman, I wrote, in my spare time, I wrote a smart home and artificial intelligence products that, that speaks Mandarin to my baby in a soothing Morgan Freeman voice. I just... I, 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 like I'm watching this and I'm like, it, you're lying and I can't figure out why he's lying to us. Okay. Which, well, which, okay. What's like backup? Like there's some things he's not lying about, right? Like getting a voice assistant to recognize you and turn your lights on and off. Like the echo does that. Presumably he's managed to do that too. Right. And the t-shirt cannon according to like the fast company piece, like, it did happen like that is like a part of the process but firing off a t-shirt cannon from a voice assistant is trivially easy so you can right. set up an if this then that channel and an echo and a, a switch to fire a t-shirt cannon so Look, I, I, i'll fake? come to your house i'll build you a t-shirt cannon tomorrow you know what i'm saying so that's not fake Just name your price so the, huh? the the lie is not that he did these things the the lie is that it is oh my god so advanced disclosure my wife works for oculus which is owned by facebook and so theoretically mark zuckerberg is my wife's boss but that's the lie, right? That this isn't as awesome as he implies that it is. And the fa- and there's a big fast company, gauzy fast company write up, and it the thing broke so many times that the fast company writer was like, it didn't work a lot. My point is like, why do you do this, right? Like, let's say your goal in life is to make write your own smart home assistant. Great goal, you do it. It kind of works. It kind of doesn't. Why then elevate it to the point of I, Mark Zuckerberg, personally wrote this thing. And then make a video that he pushed. You know, it has like 20 million views on Facebook now. And I'm assuming most of those people don't realize that Zuck is lying. Right. I, I just yeah. I, I don't understand the motivation be for that. Like you should watch this video. It, okay, and if, so- if you know how this stuff works, you know that Morgan Freeman can't emote. Right. Like Alexa can't emote <laughs> at you. And Morgan Freeman's voice is like cooing at a baby. And it's like. Nothing can do if 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 Zuck solved the problem 
of synthesized emotional speech. Like he should quit Facebook. He make another, <laughs> right, right. Like he should just do that. If he solved a problem of like super contextual voice switches to Arnold Schwarzenegger, then yelling at your ba- like he should quit the company. He started after he quit Facebook because he saw the emotion and start another company. Like these are the biggest advances in artificial intelligence. His his write up is totally nerdy and completely straightforward he has like an art like he outlines the architecture he lists like the programming languages he used he mentions some of the features that it does and how it operates and is completely not overhyped and then the video just makes it all look way more seamless and a little more advanced than it is but like i think that most that's of, like most, the- most of the features that he mentions in a, a nerdy technical way are kind of presented in kind of like a slightly better way, but there's still like the same features that he mentions in his, his write-up. But I think that's the Facebook story. Like what you just described is everything Facebook 2016, right? They did a bunch of stuff. The actual details of it are pretty nerdy and straightforward, but nerdy. And then the way they talk about it is so over the top that at the end of it, you're like, well, you lied. We built a drone to fly around on solar power and beam internet to the ground. That's really cool. Here are some nerdy details. We're going to change the world with this and bring people out of poverty with our drone. Well, you're okay. It's a noble goal. By the way, the drone doesn't work and it crashed. Like, well, you just lied. Like, you lied. Everything, literally every Facebook story to me feels like this video in a nutshell. I was going to put this in another context, which is uh, I have been watching today Bill Gates's 1995 Comdex keynote. He also wrote a book called The Road Ahead. And I don't know if you all remember this, but I'm going to go a little Walt Mossberg. Bill Gates was obsessed with building like the perfect home of the future in the 90s. And that's all that Microsoft ever talked about. And there's something about being uh, an insane billionaire. You're no longer allowed to code the product yourself directly anymore. And so you're like sitting at home and you're bored. And so you start making a smart home. Like I... You know what? We should we just watch here. A hundred microcomputers and the software that controls them. Everything that almost like ninety percent of what Jarvis does, other than like the speaking Mandarin, Bill Gates had like built his house in the nineties to do. It was just all based on like pins that you put on your body, and then it could tell what room you're in, and it would just do stuff. As you move through the home, the pin that you've programmed allows you to hear your choice of music on the information appliance nearest you, even as people in different rooms listen to their own favorites. Do you know what my my favorite story about Bill Gates' The Road Ahead is? Is that he wrote it and published it and the internet happened and he pulled that version and quickly rewrote it (laughs) (laughs) to account for the existence of the internet. Why Um, do billionaires need to make smart houses, need to make their own houses like insane? This is exactly... What I would do with my spare time. Yeah, it's like a boyhood dream. This is but my my point is exactly. my boyhood dream is to be a rock and roll star. Actually, well, technically my boyhood dream was to be a school bus driver. Wait. But so, then later But if you want to like drive a like school a bus rocking, on a Saturday, like I feel like you've got those out of order. Like first you try to be the rock star and then you land at school bus driver. And then you No, well you know. when I was five, I thought that the school bus driver was really cool, so that's what I wanted to be when I grew up. And then later I discovered that that was not a ambitious goal. So like you saw yeah. Otto from The Simpsons and it's like, oh, he could do both. He is a failed rock star and a school bus driver. Oh, that's true. I think he My was. dad straight up motivated me by saying if I didn't get good grades, I'd have to be the garbage man. And I was like, that sounds like fun. They get a truck. And he was very disappointed <laughs> with my lack of ambition. <laughs> my point is this smart home stuff 
is super accessible. I actually saw uh, Farhad was tweeting about this video too uh, from the Times, and he was like, "I can do everything in this video with an echo and a bunch of Wemo switches, except for the yep. cooing in Mandarin." But you can get this; stuff. you can just go buy it. And I don't understand why he spent. I, I think maybe that's the point: is he spent a year of his life doing something that's super commercially available. And he wanted to make it look better than it was because otherwise everyone would be like, yeah, you made it, you made a crap echo. Yeah. I mean, but it's like, he just took, he just took some, it's like if he had taken a, you, would you be angry if he took a year off to like whittle and like showed off the like driftwood that he carved into a, a, a little, you know, bird, you'd be like, you could go buy that bird anywhere. But like, he like learned a skill and the skill he learned was to do the thing that the echo already does. Yay, right. That's not a skill. Well, he already <laughs> has the skill. The skill, the skill is, is coding. Yes, <laughs> the, it, which it, which is <laughs> it's a real thing. Wiring things up to work together is not automatic, and also most of the products that we can buy right now are not designed to work together. And 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 I what he describes and what he did is like my vision for what I want computing to be like. That you buy components and then you wire them up to do the behaviors that you imagine not like the narrow range of behaviors that that some company imagined for you i'm with you i'm i'm i just don't know why he made a video that's a lie that's the thing like that's the term like if i had to offer a criticism of facebook it is that their instinct is to do the thing you said which is perceive a vision of the future work steadily towards it diligently and then right at the end when they realize they've achieved incremental progress lie about a bigger vision right like that's the i don't know i'm just i watched this video and i freaked out like facebook has had a year of mastering the art of deceiving people like in big ways small ways they said we're not a media company we're not a tech company yesterday he's like well we're we're like the next generation of both a little bit of a media company yeah yeah right like the they they just you know fake news is not a problem uh yeah maybe we should hire a bunch of fact checkers to mark all the fake news on our platform like they just keep backing themselves into this corner i don't know why this video in some way is the most frustrating thing that they've done i think it's i think you're jelly (laughs) sound pretty jelly to me (laughs) I just so want Morgan Freeman in my house. I know. Or Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger cooing Mandarin at a baby is an amazing mental image. I mean, I, I think he made that movie in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's just kindergarten. God. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> it, it, that was just the, the, the Mandarin dub of kindergarten. God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great movie. Speaking of movies, right before we started the show, I was saying I was going to take my niece and nephew to see Rogue One. And Dieter, okay. you, you reacted so, very negatively to that idea. They're eleven. Like, this nephew, by the way. Yeah. So here's the thing. I can, I can tell you why taking a eleven year old to a movie, this movie, I think is not a great idea. But I don't know if I can tell you without spoilers. Would you say that Rogue One is the John Wick of Star Wars movies? No, it's not. <laughs> it's not like that violent. Like you know, like the. There's there's like one like straight up terrifying scene that Kwame wrote about. Um and you know, there's there's lots of like guns and blasters and killing and, and you know, war stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can tell you why I think it's a bad idea without spoiling the movie. So you have to give me permission to give you a spoiler right now for me to make the case. Give me rank the spoiler from one to ten. 
like uh, it, it, it's so spoiled it's no longer worth watching or yeah i probably guessed that's one i can i can give you a 10 spoiler or i can give you like a five spoiler <laughs> can we can we work it to back to three <laughs> can we work it back to three yeah I think a three spoilers. Cut down, okay, cut out a key I think verb. This, maybe this counts as a three, but like <laughs> use if, the, if, if use this the turns out to be, <laughs> if this turns out to be more than a three, I you cannot be mad at me for what I'm about to say. All right, you have to all if you're promise in your car, me I will not mute. be pissed. Here's I'm what I'm gonna, gonna do. If you're in your car and you haven't seen it yet, on a hit mute. And you're really for the next mad about arbitrary seconds. numbering systems. Thirty. Hit no, mute, it's only gonna take me ten seconds. Dieter, Dieter will do the, okay. Ten seconds. Dieter will do the spoiler. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll I'll come back when you unmute it. I'll I'll rate it for you. Okay. Go ahead. All right. Here we go. Spoiler in three, two, one. At least one character that they will care about in the movie is going to die, and that will suck for them. I think it's okay. That's a four. Because I think okay, it's a four. Okay. Because you know what the next movie is. The next movie is Star Wars, and none of those people are in right. Star Wars. Right. So that is true. Presumably, you know, it it makes sense. Okay. But you know, they're eleven. I just I they should no, they like, should face I, death. My my <laughs> brother took our like my nephew who was like I don't know eight seven or eight to see the Force Awakens. And man, I, I mean, I guess I'll spoil Force Awakens. That uh, that one scene with the one thing that happens, it was real hard on him. He just like he he spent the next you know couple of months all of a sudden talking about death quite mm. a lot and trying to figure it out. Well, what about but, old, but he's a bone. That's like in your blood. Like every now and again, Peter's <laughs> like, let's talk about death for a while. Yeah, it, that could have been a viable lesson of like A-list actors who have very tight contracts and didn't want to do another movie anyway and decided, hey, I'll just do it for the hell of it. <laughs> That's terrible. All right, well, I'm going to take them. Uh, I have another story about my niece and nephew, which is uh, they they were in a Best Buy, and I my brother-in-law said, if you could get any laptop here, what, what would you get? And they totally ignored the Macs and picked Surface Books. Whoa. Which I think Not is Not the pro, the Surface Book. The Surface Book. They love the huh. uh, niece loves the touchscreen. Uh, Dylan, uh, my nephew, uh, <laughs> he's related to me. Very much wants to be a DJ when he grows up. Uh, mm. Says every DJ do it for him. Says every DJ has a MacBook. This is a thing that he said to me very confidently. Uh, and then my yeah. sister's 2011 MacBook Pro is such garbage with Sierra that he's off Max and fully in love with the, the Surface. <laughs> wow! Wow! Yeah. It's a real situation. I mean, I don't, you know, well, so, they, don't, okay. they don't speak for all the tweens and, you know, they don't have the, you know, they're not like pro tweens. Like they don't have pro needs uh, and they don't really yeah. care about ports. So they're, they're good. But anyway, it's been fun. It's been fun hanging out. I have a, time. I have a, a laptop crisis right now. I have review units of the Yoga 910, the Spectre X360, the Acer something spin seven. That's bad. Uh, Surface Pro 4. Uh, and uh, uh, MacBook Escape, MacBook Pro Escape. Um, and I'm thinking that my dinky MacBook isn't going to be powerful enough to get me through CES. And every night for the past week, I've gone home and like laid out, oh, and I have a Chrome, Chromebook Pixel too, laid out all these laptops before me and just like stared at them and wondered which one I should take. Like, this is like the most egregious problem in the world that I've got like 15 laptops that I have to choose from, but I, I don't know what I'm going to end up taking to see. Yes, I really don't. Yeah. I have the same problem. Cause I have my 15 ish MacBook old MacBook pro, which is dying. I have an, also a MacBook escape review unit and I have your old 
12 inch MacBook. And as I was right. packing to come home, I literally ended up putting two laptops in the bag. And then I was like, this is ridiculous. The only thing I'm doing at home is slacking and using Skype. So I brought this one home. Uh, and I can bring, I can bring this MacBook pro, the new 13 inch MacBook pro with, with the actual function keys. I can bring it to a crawl anytime I want. Like it's just yeah. a bunch of Chrome tabs and like one too many things going on. And it's like, you know what? I give up. Yeah. I, I, I want like a rating, like a standardized rating. It's like, this is how many Chrome tabs you can have before Ooh. your life will suck. Ooh. That's, that's the really new good. review scale be, be, we need. You want to change the review system yeah. at the Verge? That's the number. Be, because I've been <laughs> I've been noticing like or the or the search field in Slack. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> if I have Chrome open and I try to search in Slack, it's slow. Or if I now, get you about, know that Slack uh, is basically just Chrome, right? They, yes. they switched mm-hmm. it over to run yeah. on uh, Electron or whatever, and so it's basically just uh, Chrome, another Chrome tab. Everything is a Chrome tab. I have like a like a my desktop mail client is a Chrome tab. Everything's a Chrome tab. Man, and, it would be great if Google released a laptop that was optimized to run Chrome, because oh I would God. buy that. If only they had such a product line and put out one great product in it, and then you know updated that product. Hmm. Way to go, yeah. Google. Good That's what job, if, if there was a new shoppers. Pixel, I would buy a new Pixel and I would I would figure it out. You know, I I really think like the time has never been more right for for it because because where I'm at is like I'm pretty into Windows right now because like I can play video games on it and I can like do things on the computer. And the Mac is for Slack and Chrome, mm-hmm. and Apple is like really embracing that, and and doesn't really think see the computer as anything more than Slack and Chrome, and and that's what a Chromebook is. So I want to say, so uh, uh, there's a lot of backstory here, but I'm not like this MacBook is not plugged in right now because USB C means if I plugged it in, the uh, microphone generates a 60 cycle hum, which. Mm-hmm. Andrew, our wonderful producer, <laughs> I don't want to torture him with on this recording. In the 23 minutes that we've been talking, the battery has gone from 100% to 86%. And all I have open is Slack, iMessage, uh, Audio Hijack, and Chrome. It's Skype, obviously Skype. Hey, that's and, like, and that's you don't terrible. get to know how much battery life is left because they took the, the timer away. And speaking of the oh, battery I didn't update the Sierra. MacBooks, apparently... No, no, no. no, no. Oh. I didn't update. I have okay. two hours and 18 minutes left. <laughs> Okay. This is my new thing. I don't update my software because they, they make it garbage. So I just live in the yeah. past and then get hacked. Anyway, let's keep talking. Let's get off the, this one. The second. MacBook battery thing? You want to talk about the MacBook battery thing? that uh, from I, want to talk, uh, I was going to talk about Bloomberg. Apple in, in general. So there's the MacBook battery yeah, yeah. thing. So Mark Gurman uh, at Bloomberg had an incredible scoop about basically the future of the Mac division. And his point is like, no one cares about it anymore. There's no dedicated OS or Mac OS engineers. They try to do some crazy stuff. I, my guess is that what they were trying to do is use the new contoured battery that they have in the 12-inch MacBook in the bigger MacBooks, yeah. and they couldn't mm-hmm. do it. That's just a guess. But they try to use a it's new a weird guess, battery. Though. Like the thing is square. Like why do they need to contour batteries? Okay, whatever. <laughs> well, maybe they were going to make it look different, and they couldn't. Oh, that could be. Right? They were going to. I mean, all the rumors were they were going to taper the the, the the pro as well, but. So the, the, his story, basically, the, the, the key scoop in it is they were going to use a better battery, a newer battery in the Pro, and they couldn't get it done. So they reverted to the older battery design, which is why the battery's bad. And then it's laced in with like a bunch of scooplets. Like, if you've been paying attention to how Apple software 
teams are architected, you know that all of it rolls up to Craig Federighi. So technically, you've always known that it's just one software team. But his souplet is like, there's no dedicated Mac OS team. Um, his other one, which I will say was someone disputed to me yesterday, someone uh, in a position to know an Apple disputed, said they wanted to update the Mac Pro, but they couldn't figure out how to keep manufacturing it in the United States. And they thought about moving it to China. And that's obviously politically risky in the current climate, so they, they're just letting it ride. Uh, so that was in the Bloomberg piece. Someone who might know some things told me that that was wrong, so take from that what you will. But just a, basically a bunch of noise around and, the Mac. And Tim Tim Cook said that they're going to make some good Macs. What was that, Tim? Tim Cook, oh, yeah, that, that reassuring letter. He didn't say Macs, so he said desktops. Desktops. Mm, right. Um, so someone at Apple, you know, they, they have like a forum, like a town hall forum system, and they said, what's going on with the Mac? And Tim Cook wrote back, Desktops are important to us. We have great desktops coming out. Uh, so I'm going strong, with... Strong promise right there. Well, yeah, he was like, desktops can do things. They can have more kinds of I.O., which I thought was an amazing thing for Tim Cook to say. Uh, they can have bigger screens. Um, they can be more powerful. All things that are true of desktops, by the way. Um, all things also traditionally true of laptops compared to mobile devices. <laughs> but he's focused on desktops. I don't know, man. What... It's a moment. It's a Windows moment. That's all I'm saying. It's just, it's just Windows is so, so sad. Um, and then Vlad wrote, you know, an incendiary Vladatorial headline: Mac OS is becoming legacy software. Which I'm, I'm doing the kissy fingers right now. You can't see it in your car <laughs> as you drive. Imagine me doing kissy fingers because that is, that is like a perfect Vladatorial headline. Wait, are the I kissy fingers little... like a like a moi or like kissy fingers like when you like? Kiss your hand like, to, like a chef. practice. Like a, like oh, a like, chef. Wait, <laughs> I mean, it's delicious. Like, a, like a moi. Paul. Yeah. Paul. No. <laughs> it's not. I, I, I don't think y'all can see, but Paul literally did the hand gestures just to make sure at least I was aware. Ross knows. Of the difference between the moi and the practicing kissing on your hand. <laughs> <laughs> no. By the way, both emojis that routinely fail to make the cut at the Unicode Consortium. Like someone's like, I've got this emoji idea. It's just, it's a person kissing their own hand. Like, no one wants this. Update the eggplant. God, I would love to be in those meetings. Have we ever talked about how emojis are are kind of totalitarian and like it's like somebody else defining the constraints of what your language is? Yeah, it's like French. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like French. Has, <laughs> the French language has an institute like that's like government sponsored is that how it works yeah there's yeah. The, the, and they literally like won't won't let words from other language infect the french language right but the emoji is a non sexually explicit language i don't mm. I, what have you seen the peach butt it's a language without profanity or procreation well but humans have defined profanity and procreation into the emojis we've taken that we've heightened emojis to the sense of yeah we can be dirty with that yeah, I mean, I think that's like mostly what emojis are for, as near as I can tell. Right, but 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 they're trying to quell it. They're trying to maybe this is maybe this is what's wrong with Japan. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> it's it's like what, that's no. why the birth rate in Japan is down. Yeah, I mean, they were way into these emojis early on. <laughs> it's just it's just a bunch of people showing up on dates with they can't actual ex- eggplants. with actual eggplants. Just <laughs> they can't express I brought you themselves. I brought you eggplants and peaches. I don't. I don't know what you were I, expecting. I just don't like that like a company can like show up and like, hey, 
here's some new vocabulary that you are allowed to have now. We've decided you have more vocabulary. Oh, and it's some a- of the words that you used to use are different now. But like, but we don't know because like, there's sticker packs, there are Kimojis. Like, I mean, there's a unicorn extortion that sets a baseline, but like, we're now. Can the we point take, where, like, wait, 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 okay? I, so I will agree with you this, Paul. It is it is somewhat evil that a group referred to as a consortium mm-hmm. does anything. No <laughs> consortium has ever acted innocently. That's true. So that's so. Like a but fact. like, did you all read Megan Frokmanish's interview with like the guy who like designs emojis and is part of the consortium mm-hmm. on TheVerge.com? Mm-hmm. I did. It's good, right? Yeah. Like he doesn't seem yeah. like a bad guy. He He's just a stormtrooper. He never seemed bad. No. <laughs> he just he just followers. <laughs> <laughs> it's up above. Oh, Follow the money, Dieter. He just—he's just getting the emojis published on time. That's all. Uh, so I was so, it for, in France the word computer was not allowed, and they referred to them as ordinateurs. I mean, this is like it's a the better whole, word anyway. The whole yeah, well, but the whole French language is top down. Yeah, which mm-hmm. is neat, in the sense that, you know, it's very French. This is a terrible conversation. Let's talk about AirPods. Yeah, so uh, they fall out of Sean O'Kane's ear. They fall out of my ear. Uh, they don't fall out of my ears. Seems to th- they what? Don't fall out of mine. Don't fall oh, out of Lauren Goods. Hmm. Yeah, so it's like 50-50, I guess. I don't know. I think I think most people will be fine with it, but you definitely got to try it. The thing that interests me is that everybody pretty much universally says, huh, they work way better than we expected. And, you know, it's a hassle that you can't adjust volume on them but without talking to Siri. But like the take the thing out of your to pause is neat. I like the the wireless sounds good. They actually sound maybe slightly better than regular ear pods. Like the thing like we always complain about zero rating with carriers because like the you you get a thing that seems good, but ultimately long term it's bad for the industry. And the like the thing with Apple's proprietary Bluetooth stuff that seems good, it works, is like Maybe ultimately all other Bluetooth headsets that don't have Apple's proprietary chip in it are just going to be worse by comparison. And like, that's weird to like complain about something being better. I don't actually think that, but we now live in a world where the stuff that gets made by Apple or gets the chip from Apple is going to be fundamentally better than the stuff everybody else gets and fundamentally better just in Apple world. And you know, that's Apple's job, right? But it's still like, I don't know, there's a little little tiny piece of me that's like, ah, they had just made it a universal standard because that never goes wrong, universal standards. If only they'd talked to a consortium somewhere. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> if only they'd, they'd brought a PSEG plant to the wireless consortium. <laughs> well, Neil, you've been using it. What do you think? Um, I think the things that people are praising about them are more true than I or anyone else would expect. So they definitely sound better than AirPods, which is surprising because they look the same and they have more stuff crammed into them. Um, They fit my ears, at least, really well, um, which I feel like my ears changed. Like when I tried them on at the event, they fell right out. But I I guess I figured out how to stick them in my ears right. Um, The, you know, take take an ear, take an AirPod out of your ear and the music magically pauses I think it's really neat. Like, you know, the little Apple delightful touches of the thing are great. The thing that I don't buy is much is the notion that this is somehow more convenient than a pair of headphones because they're not right. Like a thing I do all the time with a pair of headphones is I take them out of my pocket and I put them in my ears with one hand, do it all the time. I'm on the subway, I reach in my pocket, 
monkey, you know, I have um, beats which have the flat cable, the flat rubber cable, so they don't tangle. Um, uh-huh. I put them on a pocket. I like find one earbud, stick it in my ear, grab the other one, which is attached to it by a wire, stick it in my other ear, grab the cable, plug in my phone, walk away. Right. Like maybe I do that five times a day. Cannot do that with AirPods. Just can't. You got to take the thing out of your pocket. You got to flip it open. You know, I still, I don't trust them yet. So I got to look at my screen and make sure they paired. I got to take one out, not drop it, get it to my ear, take the, it's like, it's a lot of fiddly work. Just leave them know. in your ears all the time, man. Never take them out. You can't because you have to charge them. Yeah. <laughs> right. If you're on a flight, a long flight or something, you got, you got to stick them back in the case only for 15 minutes, which is probably good for you. Take a little break from listening to stuff. So I don't know, man. Like I'm, I am a clumsy person. I lose things. I look at these. I look at the idea that I have to pay $70 to replace one if I lose it. And I'm just like, is this, is this worth it? Like, what am I getting out of this that, a pair of headphones didn't give me already except for worrying about a battery life and losing it or in, you know, getting stared at because I have white things sticking on my ears. Is that, is that maybe I'm just old? I mean, you know, it was my birthday recently. The sun, the earth revolved around the sun one more time. My body marched towards its inevitable demise. Maybe I'm just an old guy now, but ugh, really depressing show today. I, say. I, I will say, sorry, everybody. Some, happy holidays. Happy something, holidays. <laughs> something positive about dongle life. I, uh-huh. because it's cold now, my headphone cable is like more rigid. Like, does this happen to you? Like it's less of a bendy regular rubber. The rubber like gets harder when it's cold. So it's like sticking out more. So it gets caught on doorknobs more. Huh. And I was coming into my house. And Wait, this what? This is not happen it to you guys? It gets caught on doorknobs how, 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 dude, my headphone cables get caught on doorknobs all the time. Yeah. The worst is when it's not just a knob, but it's like the actual handle. Yeah, but and like, like it's, is it more likely because of the weather? Yeah, because it's more rigid, so it's like sticking out more. It's not as slack. Okay, okay. Right. So walking into my house, gets caught on the doorknob, breaks out from my phone, right? But my phone, which is in a loose jacket pocket, doesn't come out of my, my pocket and fall on the ground and break. It just, the headphone cable broke away from the dongle. Yeah. So, mm. phone safety. That's what you want. You want little extenders life. of all your cables. <laughs> you, yeah, you, you, you move the, the point F- of failure. The Xbox had those breakaway cables, the original Xbox. Oh, right, right. Oh, yeah. This, 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 like, Remember the, the when MagSafe Apple laptops had MagSafe? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, what was what were those original Xbox controllers called? There's, I think they had a nickname. Because they were really the big, fat, right? The fatties? Yeah, no. one of the one of the guys who was like involved in its development was is actually like trying to put together a project to get him remade again. The Duke, the Duke, the Duke. Yeah, yeah, that thing was huge. I'm looking at a picture right now. Why did it say Xbox in such a giant logo in the middle? In case you forgot. Yeah, like I was like, what am I playing yeah. with? Oh, it's an Xbox. <laughs> what am I tethered to right now? Uh, Dieter, you want to talk about Android Wear? Dan, Dan yeah, so. Dan had a little Android Wear scoop. Um, so Google tells us that version 2.0 of Android Wear, which we've been wondering what the heck, is actually happening. It's happening uh, next year. And Google is going to put out two sort of flagship Android Wear watches. Uh, they're not making them themselves, so this isn't Google hardware. So you should think of it a little bit more like the Nexus program than you do like the Pixel program. Like it's, Oh, the super successful you know, Nexus program. Yeah, well, I mean, we're all sort the of one that, the one that didn't be... result in Google eating all of its own partners and making its own hardware by itself inevitably. 
Right. Well, it actually, it's actually worse with watches because in addition to, you know, the standard like tech companies that have either not been making them or just backed out of making them in the future, like Motorola, uh, they also are like basically like handing like the core, like here's how you make a watch to like Michael Kors and Fossil and, you know, anybody else that wants to make an Android watch from the fashion world, they can just like stick this Android module in and design the casing around it and have an Android Wear watch. Uh, so everybody like the the conventional wisdom around wearables now is that the only company making any kind of money on them at all or selling in numbers is apple fit and maybe then samsung and then fitbit is owning the you know the health tracker space basically and google's response is like oh well we'll have these two that are like a sort of the flagship. We're all assuming it's going to come from Huawei, but they wouldn't say. And then everybody else can make them too. And so they're like, they're building, they've got this market of like, that's all like cut into these little slivers of all of these different OEMs. None of them are going to reach appreciable market share. And we're definitely going to be having this conversation a year from now of like, it's going to be Apple and then Samsung and then Fitbit if you know, they don't implode. Uh, and then just a bunch of Android Wear. Like what Google needs is for Android Wear to be like considered its own category. So people aren't looking at how many did LG sell? How many did Huawei sell? How many did Which they've accomplished sell? with Android, right? There's the Android install base versus the iPhone install base. Right. But nobody, right. nobody counts individual. Right. I mean, what, but what, the, uh, one of the, the conversations just be, wow, these Android Wear watches sure are nice. I mean, maybe we'll see like the, the big deal with Android Wear 2.0 is that it can basically run apps a little bit more natively and be a little bit less dependent on the phone, which is interesting in an iPhone context because they can work with iPhones and that means that they can have like a store, they can have apps that can do stuff on the watch without having to depend on, you know, the phone to help them out. But they can't, that's important. They they can't have a particularly robust store though, right? They can't have paid apps on their store because Apple will take the tax. Well, no, there's like a, there's a hard limit. No, but what I'm saying to you is the watch is its own computer platform. And so you can just go to the Google play on your web browser, say, Oh, that looks like a neat watch app, buy it. And then the watch is able to get Wi-Fi completely independently from the iPhone and you can install apps on it directly. It'll just shoot it over the next time it sees a watch on Wi-Fi. And so they could theoretically have paid apps on the watch for people that use it with an iPhone if they wanted to. The But like, that's fine. We'll see if they try and do that. The crazier thing is these watches are going to support Android Pay if they have an NFC chip in them. And that will also work for iPhone users. Because again, it's just like a little Android device on your wrist that could theoretically exist completely separate from the phone. And so they are going to try and take on Apple Pay by selling Android Wear watches to iPhone users and have them pay with Android Pay with their watch. But would the Android Wear watch work? I mean, could they send that signal through the iPhone or does it need a consistent connection or some kind of persistent connection to actually pay? No, I mean, I don't know. Like it's, it's an NFC chip. I have no idea if it'll like go through the iPhone or not. Like it's possible we could see like a, a showdown with Apple over this. We'll see. But like it, it's semi-autonomous. It's like uh, it's like an Uber car. It, it can drive on its own, but you probably shouldn't let it. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is the thing. It's the same as AirPods and other W1 things. Like the market of things that can connect to the iPhone is not nearly as robust as it should be because Apple controls the stack and they don't let anybody else touch the stack. And I'm sure everyone's going to yell at me and say, that's how it's always been. But 
don't you want competition for the Apple Watch so the Apple Watch gets better? Isn't that a thing that you want? Like, don't you want competition for wireless headphones so that they get better and cooler instead of... I mean, this is like part of the story of Pebble failing, right? They couldn't get the access to do the stuff that they wanted to be able to do on an iPhone. They could do most of that stuff on Android pretty well. There's a million other things that went wrong at Pebble. So like this isn't like iPhone being locked down killed Pebble. But like it's a little part of the story. They had to do a lot of crazy weird workarounds to get sort of basic smartwatch functionality out of Pebble watches paired to iPhones. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, but the Android Wear watch connected to an iPhone won't be able to respond to an iMessage, which is still the only reason that I think anyone should have a smartwatch. There's not a lot of other reasons, right? It's to get notifications and act on them. And if you can't act on the notifications, like you're doomed. I, I just think people fundamentally want a smartwatch. And if anybody ever comes up with a good reason to have a smartwatch... I think they actually would be pretty successful. This is my this is my new vibe. Don't like it's not. I don't. It's they're not selling gangbusters. They aren't because there's no reason. To, but people want a reason. If, if someone ah. in a in a in a like a one discrete Super Bowl commercial could communicate to me something that I can finally do that I've always wanted to do that I can do now that I have this Android Wear watch, I think they would do really well. But like. Even I have no like, idea what it is. I was like, even people like do con- concepts like they haven't figured that out yet. There's like the dream isn't really there. What if you could teach my baby Mandarin? <laughs> <laughs> but, but then you would always be near your baby. You should just teach the. Like, no, no, you I'm put, gonna leave you with my watch. Yeah, put the it's watch on Mandarin. the baby. Yeah. <laughs> hey, wearables for kids, hot, hot market. Been watching the circuit breaker flow. There's a lot coming through. Yeah, you know, I keep reading these things that are like. The Echo will be the most, or, you know, voice assistants like the Echo will be the most important thing. You know, the next phone, smartwatches, eventually we're, we're all just going to put AirPods in our ears and watches on our wrists and the phone will die. I just don't buy it. Like, I think there's a reason giant phones are popular. I think really big screens are very valuable to people, mm-hmm. right? And like, why, why, like very few of these things can do anything better than me looking at a big screen. I think responding to text messages and looking at notifications is absolutely one of those things. And everybody I know who has a smartwatch is somebody who spends a lot of time on their feet talking to other people. Like, um, it's like, I know uh, a woman who works in an art gallery and she's not allowed to use her phone when she's like talking to clients in the gallery, but she's always responding to texts on her Apple watch because it's not as intrusive. It's stuff like that that I think is really valuable, but I haven't seen anything else. Hmm. 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 I like having the weather on my smartwatch. Yeah, I, I like. I like. It's it's a, it's a stuff we always talk about. Like, like Paul, you're you're like waiting for like the killer app that'll make everybody be like, oh, I need a smartwatch now. Like, what I can't. What what would it possibly be? It's responding to text messages. It's like getting little tiny bits of information. It's health tracking. It's Apple Pay or Android Pay or whatever. Uh, like, that's that's where we're at. Like, it's such a tiny screen. It's got to do something else, like maybe with like proper good Siri and Google Assistant stuff on it, like that could be compelling. I do, you know, bark at my watch uh, all the time to like remind me of stuff. Um, So that's helpful. But like, I don't think there's like one thing that is going to, oh, we didn't think of that. Oh my God, why didn't we think of that? Now everybody wants a smartwatch. It's just going to be like, everybody's going to have a different reason. Mm -hmm. And that's, Mm -hmm. it's hard to build a big market out of that. Yeah. Can I read an absurd headline to everybody? You ready? Yeah. 
Yep. LG is launching five new phones at CES, <laughs> along with a new yeah. stylus. What are we? What are we doing? CES is coming, by the way. We're off next week, and then I don't know. We're gonna go to Vegas. It's gonna be great. But CES is coming. Uh, we're doing this show, presumably with much higher energy levels, live, way uh, higher on video. Level. We're so pumped. Dieter and I are gonna just rail some cocaine and go on camera. <laughs> Uh, it's Vegas. Why not? Uh, no, we're going to do this show uh, as a video stream, bringing back the hype desk. Megan, Megan, who's on the show last week, is going to sit at the hype desk. Uh, she's going to be doing all kinds of stuff, talking to people on the tweets, watching live streams. It's going to be really fun. Uh, we're going to have guests. We're going to have gadget demos. Paul's going to be on it. Uh, uh, Ashley's going to be on it. Lauren Good is going to be there. We're forcing Casey to come to CES <laughs> just to do Periscopes uh, live on Twitter. Uh, it's going to be great. Three days at CS. Um, I should have done. I keep forgetting to say this at the top of the show. This is the most important thing. We're doing it live. CS Vergecast is going to happen. But anyway, CS is coming. What do you think, Dieter? You want to? We we only got a couple minutes left here. Give me some CS predictions. I think the big story at CS this year is might actually just be smart cars, and I don't mean specifically like actual smart cars because like Faraday Future is going to try and pretend that they're not falling apart. Uh, Apple and Google are out, and they're like. They've got Waymo and they're going to let other car companies make it. But the actual like silicone and platforms that run these things every year, NVIDIA does a big NVIDIA show and it's like long and boring as hell. But this year they've got the main keynote. And I don't think that um, other chip makers like, I don't know, call it Qualcomm, call it Intel, call it. Uh, I don't know, some other random arm thing, Marvell. I think everybody's going to really be trying to get in the game of supplying the parts and pieces that make up a decent smart car that doesn't have an insane giant rig of crap on the top of the car. Uh, and so like, I think that's going to be, we're going to move from like, yeah, we could do it to like, okay, it's happening. Now let's make it happen a little bit better and a little bit less likely to run over bicyclists. That I think is, that's going to be the thing. Like it's going to be a lot of talk about, what makes a good smart car? What, how powerful does it have to be? Do you have to upgrade it? Uh, and can we make a system that like the entire industry can use rather than like every single car company on the planet has a different system? I think that there's, there's going to be an attempt to like consolidate power in the smart car space. Yeah. But like, do you mean in terms of like the processors they all use or yeah, the communication protocol? I mean, that's kind of like so, saying there's, yeah, I mean, a, a, yes, a race, no. like, they're car suppliers, right? I mean, they right. all have, they all have processors in them now. They, they all have, I don't know, power window control units. Like it feels like what's more important is the, un, like standardizing the underlying communication protocol that makes them smart. Not the, they're all going to do it differently. Right. Uh, maybe. I think that they're like, these things are much more like tightly integrated. Like you've got a camera that needs to talk to the brake pedal and the acceleration and you've like building that system. They might all do it differently, you know, like the power windows, like you say, but I think that these companies are going to be making the case that they can basically do a better job of that integration and providing a lot of the stack. It's, it's not like PCs. You've got Intel gives you the chip and Microsoft gives you the software and uh, you know, Dell puts it all together into a case and then they sell it to you. Like, I don't think separating those things out works as well with autonomous cars than it, as it does in like a computer. I think it's, it needs to be a much more tightly, more carefully integrated stack of technologies. And 
we don't know what that's going to shake out to because right now everybody's sort of just doing it on their own. And I think that uh, a bunch of companies at CES this year are going to try and like clear that up and become the company that like provides that to people. So it'd be maybe a little more, more like a like a video game console where you need yeah. like you you need to know Wait. what the, all the specs are and you can promise certain performance and stability. Right, and still powered by NVIDIA, nine times out of ten. Yeah. Con- but, but, home consoles are, yeah. are typically AMD. But, yeah. Well, yeah, NVIDIA just wants the cars real bad. But I don't know. Like, They're I, getting I, the Switch. They're doing the Switch. That's like saying, like, the company that ultimately does that sort of thing is, like, Adelphi, right? Like, one of the biggest tier one auto suppliers in the world. Like, that that's the job that as a company they're organized to solve. Like, are you building a car? Like, do you need to integrate a bunch of disparate systems in it? Like, Delphi to the rescue. Like, here they, they do it for, you know, every GM car is, like, integrated by Delphi. I, I just don't see, like, one company winning that race. Like, I think there's going to be a, a way that self-driving works, and a bunch of companies are going to build towards that way. But, like, Tesla is not going to do it the same way that GM does it. Right. And GM is not going to want to do it the same way that BMW because ultimately they have to they have to sell like a better product. They have to sell competitive products. Right. Like if they're all the same car underneath and you're just slapping a differently designed shell on it, I think the car companies like lose something really important to that to their identities. Right. But like are these car companies going to be able to do what NVIDIA and Intel do? But they already don't. What we think of as car companies are like financial shenanigans <laughs> like they don't right, really make right. anything right they do assembly they have plants they do a bunch of core design but they have these huge networks of suppliers and the suppliers are the ones that sell to multiple companies and there's exclusivity arrangements and hundreds of thousands of patents involved and like it's that set of companies that is going to figure it out for all the car makers that ultimately like make market and distribute products I just don't, I don't think this CES is the one where Ford is like, we figured it out. We're going to give it to everyone else. Like, I think we're going to see a bunch of companies like Delphi and NVIDIA and AT&T for some reason, which seems to be very involved in this sort of thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, they're going to say like, we've developed systems that talk to standards. Like that is really important. But the George Hotz is going to be there with an Android phone and a dream. <laughs> I can make any car self-driving. <laughs> but what I'm saying, like in it, while they're like, there, there, there's, there's this tension between like the BMW and the Ford should both like speak the same language. So when they're on the road together, they can like communicate instead of just look at each other. So there's like movement in that direction, but there's also like going to be a genuine tussle because like no one's going to say we figured out every buy buy our thing, but a few people are like saying, but we want to be that that company that does that. And it's not just Ford, like you said. It's it's again, it's Nvidia. It's you know AT and T. It's you know, Intel, it's Qualcomm, it's whomever. Maybe they need a consortium. <laughs> yeah. God. We definitely you know, they need we a, don't a want, strong government. We don't regulation. want cars with sex. Like that would be bad. Oh my god. Well, the, <laughs> the, the high level Is way that I, what cars I, I, are for? <laughs> <laughs> Not if the idea. consortium has anything oh. to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> so you have sensors that definitely have to get smaller so that the, there's not a huge tumor on top of the car. And that, and we're already seeing some of that. Yeah. I, I, I do think that like by the time these things are truly um, mass market, I'm going to, I'm imagining there's going to be like a couple um, 
chip manufacturers that make chips specifically to process the kind of information. So, like, a GPU is better than a CPU for, for processing this sort of information, but a custom-designed de- chip is is even better and much more efficient. And, like, Google now uses, like, its own custom chip for machine learning, and uh, there's just, like, a new custom chip that came out for, like, motion planning for, for robotics. And it, it's because Moore's Law which I always bring up on this podcast, is letting us all down. There's a lot of processing that is needed to take in this many sensors and make this many decisions in real time about them. And I think uh, while NVIDIA is going to be wonderful for the early stages and for the prototyping and maybe the first generation, I think once this is mature, there's going to be custom processors for it. Actually, speaking of processors, do y'all Maybe. think we're going to see Windows running on ARM? We think we're going to see some like ARM machines with uh, Windows 10? I'm I'm I would, almost like sure of it. But maybe not yeah. on the show floor, but as like backroom prototypes. Hmm. Right. I think there's going to be a lot of laptop action at CES. I'm just going out on a limb. I have no reason to back like nothing to back that up. No reason to believe it, but I think all of these companies know the Windows open. Yep. See what I did there? Uh, <laughs> uh, and they're going to show off a bunch of stuff because they they know they can they know they can they can stake a claim to being the more innovative laptop maker right now, and they would be stupid not to take that opportunity. Yeah, I'm excited well, for USB C. I just want to see weird things with USB C. USB C has potential for a, a lot more power, a lot more data throughput. Put it's just. Um, like even just the idea of these like LG monitors that you just plug your laptop in with one cable and it's charged, it's a USB hub, the video goes over that cable is like really exciting to me and something I've wanted for a long time. So I think there could be more cool USB-C things. Um, Paul, I want you to just take a picture of every single USB-C dongle that you find. That's basically my goal. That's basically it's, yeah. it's That's your only purpose. I want to live the yeah. dongle life full, full on. I'm excited for USB-C, but I feel like weird accessories at CES are like one of the only reasons CES should continue to exist. Yeah, like that's why what's the show's there for? It's like well, a weird vendor that's like we made a USB powered like chair, you know, like yes, mm-hmm. that's why I'm here. Uh, Ross, are you coming? Ross, I am coming. coming I am I am coming. Yeah. Uh well, so there's two reasons CES exists. One is that the other one is my favorite thing. Every year we Weirdly, and I mean this earnestly, we always get excited by some fridge or washing machine thing that we just were not expecting. Like last year, it was the Samsung fridge that would check spoiled food. I don't know. It's the one thing like I never see coming, and I'm like, oh, huh, that would be fun. Yeah. Uh, I granted, yeah. I, I don't live in a place that could ever have a fridge that big, but I do like knowing that that someone is doing that. Can I? Can we end this podcast on on a, a special Dieter note? Is it going to be depressing? Wait, the whole podcast isn't a Dieter note? Whoa. That no, should be just, your just, section. Wait, Paul, uh, there's a thing that we oh. do every week. Paul, are you ready to do oh, it? Oh, yeah. 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 All it's right. Called... And then we'll, we'll end with the Dieter note. Yeah. Uh, new well, section. You know, speaking of Dieter, the section that I do every week, it's called WebOS still exists, Dieter. Are you sad? <laughs> <laughs> This week, uh, LG combines WebOS, lasers, and lumens into another reason to replace your TV. Uh, it's just a pretty cool, like, small form factor laser projector made by LG running WebOS 
this podcast's official operating system. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and uh, it doesn't look anything like Web- WebOS. And it's sad. The Vergecast. Just type. <laughs> oh, God. It's a tagline. It's great. No, uh, I think this protector looks cool. Like, yeah. I, I definitely saw this thing and had visions of, like, getting rid of my TV and my entertainment console and finding a way to, like, line up all of my gear that I need to watch TV, you know, the PlayStation, the Apple TV, blah, 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 like, underneath my couch and then, like, building a rig to have this thing, like, flip up from the back of the couch so when we watch TV and then have it go away and then I just have a big empty space. I think yeah. It'd be cool. Yeah. Or like hang it, hang it from the ceiling or something like that. I no, but that's not why you need, that's not why you need a WebOS projector. You could just do any, that with any projector. The reason that you have this is because you don't need all the other garbage, right there. As far as I can oh. tell, there are no other smart projectors. So you just have mm-hmm. this thing and you just like put it out. You just plug it in. It gets on the Wi-Fi by itself. It boots up. It's presumably kick ass WebOS Netflix app. And you're <laughs> off and running. <laughs> I'm so sure. Right. Like Ricker gave this what I would say is like a super glowing write up because that is a cool idea. Right. Where. Yeah. You you just have a projector and it just comes up and it's all ready to go and then it goes away. I, I don't um, want my right. home audio to flow over Bluetooth personally, but. Um, no, no I, I think it's clear that, that Bluetooth Bluetooth is garbage yeah. uh, and we're mm-hmm. going to end 2016. Just knowing it. In our, oh, there's probably going to be a bunch of Bluetooth 5 stuff at CES, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. I yes. hope so. Yeah. I really hope so. And then we'll just be disappointed by that in 2017. And then Bluetooth 6 is going to fix it in 2018. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's exactly that right. <laughs> yeah, smart. There, I think there are a couple smart projections. They're typically like meant to be more portable than this. So this like is actually a pretty good blend of size and power and WebOS. Um, anyways, that's my weekly segment. Can I just point out that uh, Caitlin Tiffany has been just relentlessly updating a story about Spotify sending weird corn ornaments to people who listen to a lot of corn on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> and she just updated again. She's up to like five updates of, and she keeps doing it like like really formally. She's like, I have received a screenshot of a correspondence between a corn fan named Sophie. <laughs> and the Spotify Cares customer helpline on Facebook. <laughs> it's great. This is see, this is what we need in our lives. There's more well, we need far less corn, but more cornaments. I don't know how to bridge that gap. Ross, what are you excited for at CS? Uh besides the fridges and washing machines, um, I just want to see dancing drones. I love yeah. dancing drones. It's happening. Mm. Oh, Dieter, what was your what was your note? Or was it the one? Oh, so uh Alcatel, which uh is uh or no sorry tcl which makes alcatel anyway tcl alcatel blah uh they they bought the exclusive rights to make uh, blackberry phones and they're they said they're gonna announce a couple of them in the next year and i just want to point out uh i went on a twitter rampage about this uh about a week ago that this company tcl now owns uh both blackberry and palm and they're choosing to make blackberry phones and not palm phones i think that's a (laughs) huge mistake Oh, we're all doing. Oh, all right. I think we should wrap it up there. I'm gonna just apologize to the listener. This, I hope you <laughs> listen to this while you were drinking. You know, like if you have real friends, I hope that you didn't make them listen to this with you because <laughs> talk to your friends. But if if you don't, I hope that you enjoy just this hangout vibe of a Vergecast. It was good for me. It was healthy. Uh, I'm alone again in the dark in my childhood bedroom, just where I want to be, talking to my friends on the phone. Uh, but you know, we're going to come back. There's gonna be a lot of news at CES. We're doing this big show. There's other podcasts to listen to. Walt got super fiery and control. I'll delete yesterday. 
uh, thinks Apple had a bad year, thinks Facebook had a worse year, uh, thinks Samsung is doomed. Go listen to that show. That's on iTunes. <laughs> uh, uh, Lauren Good hosts a great show called uh, Too Embarrassed to Ask over on the Recode side. Peter Kafka had Kara Swisher on his show, Recode Media. She went on a rampage, said the entire media needs to do better in 2017, and that's worth listening to. And then Kara herself hosts a show called Recode Decode, which is great because it's more Kara. So go listen to all that stuff. Uh, you know, it's the holidays. Go, uh, you know, this is my family. These are my Verge people. I love you, brothers. Uh, go find your family. Go drink some eggnog. Uh, find, uh, we start a website called justthenog.com. Just go to that website, type your credit card number into it. Paul will ship you some eggnog. Well, don't do, if you're listening to the show, <laughs> I presume that you're smart enough not to go to a strange URL and just type your credit card number No, I just, I just want to own it now. That's it. I'm just <laughs> so going to own don't, it. Don't do any of that. <laughs> Please do, please do. But if we actually start that business, then do that. I will let you know when you should go to justthenog.com and type in your credit card. You should go right now. No. (laughs) Wait for my signal. I can build this. I can zuck this up. All right, Paul. Paul, You got got 24 hours to make justthenog.com. It will be a text field, and you can type in your credit card number, and then that will be stored in a database. Yeah. And it won't ship you eggnog, right? And it won't make a fake video <laughs> of like a fake UPS person bringing somebody eggnog. And we're like, oh yeah, no, it's super real. We spent a year on it, but really, we're just stealing credit card numbers. This is great. Zuck it up, Paul. It's been a this has been a good hang, guys. It's been a good hang. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks yeah. for doing this. Merry yeah, Christmas. Th- happy holidays. Whatever it is that you celebrate, happy that. Happy materialism. Paul. Paul. Rock and roll. Paul. Paul. <laughs>